what a what an absolute I, unit of an absolute favorite <laughs> what an absolute former jedi unit man <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. This week, we're going to be talking all about 2023 and some of our favorites. So for our first question, Ormapa asks what our favorite Star Wars story of the year was. You want to start? I'll start. Uh, I think mine is Bad Batch. I, I've i got videos coming out of like my favorite whatever of 2023, so you're getting a little preview with the Q&A for my answers. But uh, the stuff that came out on streaming, I had a really hard time choosing between and yeah bad batch was just really really good the whole way through it it really shocked me how good it was and how much i enjoyed it and really looking back on everything i i li- liked everything kind of like middle of the road i wasn't like crazy about anything i wasn't really hating anything but bad batch took it up a little bit for me just story-wise it was really good and i'm really excited to get into season three i was just listening to uh the sky talkers blast points talking bay podcast looking at the past year which was super fun but they were just talking about the bad batch and they kept mentioning things that i was like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) and it was just a really solid season i especially loved the the two crosshair episodes uh, the one with Commander Cody, and then the one with Mayday on the outpost. Uh, both of those were phenomenal. But then you still had stuff like the Zillow Beast, and <laughs> it was just really fun the whole way through. Uh, and hopefully season three is not too far away. Mm-hmm. We did get it confirmed it's going to be in 2024. But my favorite of the year is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, I loved Fallen Order. I-, I would consider Fallen Order maybe my favorite Star Wars story that's come out since the new canon was a thing. Uh, I, I loved Fallen Order and Survivor really held up. So maybe just the Star Wars Jedi series as a whole is my favorite thing. But mm-hmm. there's just something about that game, both of them. Uh, but Survivor had another really solid story. I think it was a better video game in just about every respect. I love how they really dive into all aspects of Star Wars. I feel like some of the live action shows, uh, Ahsoka is starting to change that, but it seems like some of the live action shows are shying away from the really weird stuff in Star Wars. But Star Wars Jedi is like, let's throw it all in. Here's a tiny little scuba diver man that goes fishing and like, (laughs) here's Turgul. (laughs) Ahsoka has been leaning into it a little bit more with the... The turtle people. <laughs> the Nodi. The Night <laughs> Sisters is kind of what I was thinking of is that the fact that Fallen Order felt like one of the biggest Night Sister stories outside of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the video games aren't live action, but they're kind of realistic, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I, I love all of the Night Sister stuff. But yeah, Ahsoka is really starting to get into that weirder stuff. But I, I feel like the Star Wars Jedi games did a lot uh, first. And also, I just I love that Cal Knight sister, Cal Marin scene where you're flying around and taking down that Trident droid. So cool. That was a, a really fun game. I I can't decide. I think I liked the first one better. But those games are might as well just have been made for you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. 
Framed Citizen and Dan T. ask what our favorite Star Wars book of the year was. Why don't you go first again? Because I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, mine was for sure uh, Inquisitor Rides the Red Blade. I love Delilah Dawson's books, her Star Wars books. I've, I've loved all of them. And this one was no exception. This one was great. I agree. It was really, really great. Uh, I I'm kind of trying to decide between that one and The Eye of Darkness. Uh, I, I might lean to Inquisitor. It, it was just a solid mix of great characters, great storytelling, but also being able to learn more about the Inquisitorious. Like, it just checked a lot of the nerd boxes that I have in my brain where I'm like, I do want to know what Iskat Icarus's Inquisitor number is. 13th sister, great. Like, now I know <laughs> that's fun for me. But to have that just be like, the icing on top of a great book is yeah. great. It was also a, a nice change of pace because like we love the High Republic, but I was excited to just read a book about anything else but the High Republic. You know, like it, it was in an era where we did kind of start to get a little bit more from book-wise, but just something about the learning about the Padawans getting uh, like upgraded to their military ranks and like kind of like pushed through the process of being uh jedi basically and having to go through it quickly in order to serve kind of their military purpose so it was really interesting it's funny i i should have fully expected the clone wars to be a part of this story and i just didn't because everything i knew about a scat at that point was from the Charles Soule book. Like I, I hadn't known her as a Jedi. And even though it said this is going to be about her going from Padawan to Inquisitor, it just didn't dawn on me that we would see so much of the Clone Wars. And uh, so that was a great surprise that I should have anticipated. Uh, but you're right in the fact that the High Republic has just been dominating so much of the publishing world, which fortunately I love it. But it's nice to have it broken up a little bit and like we're we're going to get some more non High Republic stories in 2024, which is cool. But Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade was a nice break from the High Republic, even though I really loved the Eye of Darkness, uh, just getting to go back to the original phase one characters and see where they're all at. Uh, it, it just felt I don't know if comforting is the right word because it was still a very tense and scary book and I'm still worried about all of the characters, but it it just felt nice to get back to all of them, even though I, I did really like Cataclysm as well. I thought Lydia Kang's depiction of uh, the Battle of Dalna at the end of Phase 2, uh, I really, really liked it, but I, I do think I'm just going to always lean towards the Phase 1 and 3 characters more. Mm -hmm. Now I just need Delilah Dawson to write a High Republic book. Framed Citizen and Damien Vonderhaar want to know our favorite comic book arc of the year. Well, the only comic book I read this year was the, I think it was Shadows of Starlight, number one. So that one. But it was a great one. Yeah. So yeah, we can start with that one. <laughs> you that was had a, that one written down on here. It so. was a good one to read. <laughs> I'm just very picky about my comics. <laughs> yeah, you don't really read the comics, and that's fine. But I was like so over the moon about Shadows of Starlight 1 that Molly was like, all right, I'm going to read this. That's and I was also, like we said before, just equally as excited to get back to those phase one characters. So 
I was like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. And kind of like what I said for Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade, that first issue specifically did a great job of telling us a little bit about Star Wars lore. While it answered a ton of questions, but also it was just inside of a great story. And it was super fun to read. Uh, I, I love just specifically that issue. Arcs of comics... Uh, I'm, I'm having an easier time just picking out singular issues here or there. Uh, I really loved Luke Skywalker in the main flagship line, uh, learning more about kyber crystals, and I think getting his green one that hasn't really been confirmed yet, but also purifying a red one and having a vision of a Sith, which is going to come back, I think, in early 2024. All of that stuff was super cool. Um, yeah, I'm like really into the Luke stuff specifically, and he just hasn't done a ton since then. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I wasn't crazy about the Dark Droids run. It, that was a little too out there for me. And I'm kind of like, but what, what's Luke doing with that kyber crystal? <laughs> it's always nice to, yeah, get a little glimpse into whatever Luke was up to all, all those years in between. And uh, I'll say that the High Republic main comic, the Marvel run uh, from Kevin Scott, I also really dig those. I, I think in both phases, it's just been consistently great. I think the comic of phase two might have been my like favorite part of phase two. So I'll, I'll throw that in there as well. Spider-Man of Earth 1218 wants to know our favorite new character of 2023. I, we're not going to pick one. I'm not even going to try. Uh, I'm just going to talk about kind of standouts. And I think the first I'll throw out is Balin. Balin Skull from Ahsoka. Uh, man, Ray Stevenson just was captivating the entire time. It, my, my biggest complaint about a lot of episodes of Ahsoka was that I was like, there's not enough Balin. <laughs> I just want, I, what's he up to? I want to see more from Balin. Yeah, I, so, I was going to say Balin for probably my number one pick. I Okay, maybe he is our absolute favorite. Uh, <laughs> what a... Uh, what an absolute I, I, unit of an absolute favorite. <laughs> what an absolute former Jedi unit, man. Uh, so yeah, uh, that'll be my first one. Uh, well, alongside with Balin, I think Shin was a really interesting character and like the two of them worked really well together. We didn't get a whole lot about either of them, but I thought her addition to the story was really, uh, really nice. And like I said, complimented Balin. Like Balin could have killed it just if he had come in on his own. But the fact that there were two of them and it kind of mirrors Ahsoka and Sabine's relationship. I thought that worked really well. Yeah, if you're going to bring up Balin, you got to bring up Shin as well. Uh, I'm going to bring up Aslan Rell, who is not technically new. He was in Phase 2 uh, about a year ago and then kept popping up. But like just the Phase 3 version of Aslan Rell, uh, I really love him. His appearance in uh, Shadows of Starlight Issue 1 and in the Eye of Darkness were chilling. I can't wait to see more from him in Phase 3. What happened to his eyeballs? <laughs> I think he took them out, but oh, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at your list here. The The fact that Turgle is on here, I, I feel like we've always had Turgle. He's always been in our <laughs> He's hearts. He's always been with us. But you're right. Turgle he, is in all of us. He was a new addition 
to the, the Star Wars family this year? He was just someone that in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, anytime there were new dialogue options for him in uh, the cantina, I was like excited to just, oh, what stupid thing are you going to say this time? <laughs> uh, but then you kept like looking around Kobo and there was one like force echo you could find where it's like Turgle being like, everywhere I go, everyone hates me. And I was like, I don't hate you, Turgle. <laughs> that made me so sad. <laughs> What a great character. And if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, Ruthless Night Sister on TikTok and Twitter <laughs> does a Turgle cosplay uh, or did one for Halloween, I think, and keeps breaking it out. It's hysterical. It's it's really good. <laughs> There's like, I saw a video, I think it was at Lucasfilm where someone has a Turgle in the window, <laughs> cut out in the window, just like staring down at the fountain. And I was like, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Uh, while we're talking about Survivor, I really loved Dagon Gera. Uh, kind of wish he were a bigger part of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, but, you know, a High Republic Jedi gone bad. Uh, he just had some really awesome moments in that game, like when Cal is kind of feeling through his memories, and then Dagon, like, turns and sees him, and he's like, you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, oh, that's cool. The way that he fights as if he has two arms, mm -hmm. even though he lost one. He's just using the force as if it's his other arm. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, I love how he was as an enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, I see you have Hemlock on this list. Mm. That is a character that uh, it was so easy to hate. Like, he's, so, he's that soft-spoken, real creepy, like just easy to hate kind of guy literally thrives in poison mm -hmm. like I, the second he showed up i i wished he were in season one of the bad batch like rampart was also a very good uh villain but when he got taken out of the story at least for now when they introduced Hemlock, i was like okay this guy is on another level of creepy and evil mm -hmm. and again kind of like Balin I'm like he's just very compelling to me I love having him in the show and I can't wait to see more from him yeah and then I, I brought it up already but I'll bring it up again Iscat from Rise of the Red Blade <laughs> uh, was such a great character to read a whole book about and like Delilah Dawson I think prides herself on writing uh angry violent women i think she, that she has specifically said she that said, she's like i love writing violent women <laughs> and just the way her story kind of ends in that book it's it's like so poignant and like it's different from a lot of other star wars stories so i like her character a lot pippin is desperate for attention today oh goodness i love you he's just going back and forth between the two of us today's episode is brought to you by Babel. You can understand sounds no matter what language you speak. Like that, the sound of a right answer on Babbel. Start speaking a new language in just three weeks. This fall, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash starwars. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash starwars, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash starwars. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nate asks for our favorite High Republic moment of 2023. Well, we've already talked about Shadows of Starlight quite a bit, but I feel like just that whole issue is my top moment uh i'll i'll say learning about like all the guardian protocols learning why the lightsabers became less ornate um all that stuff was just super interesting to me mm. i think mine is the events in eye of darkness like the all this stuff with the occlusion zone and it getting bigger and like the jedi finally taking charge and and kind of like taking more of an offense position like the action in that book was really really good i agree and i'll I'll say something if you haven't finished the eye of darkness yet some slight spoilers it's been a couple months but uh the end of that book made me an elzar avar shipper Mm -hmm. i do the endings of all of the high republic books they always get me uh but i i was like, I was a fan of Elzar and Avar, but I got the sense that, you know, Avar maybe wasn't interested and Elzar had <laughs> and Elzar had moved on. I don't know what Pippin just did, but he's making a he mess. Knocked over a bunch of Legos. But but the ending of that book, just the the chemistry between them, I was like, never mind. Like, I'm fully on board now. Yeah. I was really excited to get back to reading from Avar because I didn't read a lot of those comics, so I hadn't read anything from Avar in a long time. So then getting to bounce between Avar and Elzar and just get a feel for their feelings for each other, for sure, by the end of that, if you are not shipping the two of them, I'm questioning what you read. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll throw out a phase two moment uh, in Path of Vengeance because I'm sure this is going to come back, but in Planet X, you're in my light, Pippin. In Planet X, getting to meet, like, the, him up or the Underdweller and the Guardian, like, these creatures who are scarier than the Nameless, maybe? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm scared to get back to them, but I'm sure we will. Yeah. That was... <laughs> that was definitely my, my favorite moment. And, two, like, this is ending up being mostly about this book, but for me... <laughs> Going from hating Gira Staros to by the very end of that book being like, all right, I'm kind of rooting for her now. That was a wild ride. What do you have to say? Jake Vachette wants to know our favorite new location or planet is from 2023. I'll go back to Survivor and say I really enjoyed Kobo. Uh, (laughs) It's funny, we went to uh, Yellowstone this past year and then wandering around Kobo, I was like, oh, wow, this is just planet Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got geysers, it's got pools, but they also ha- had that, like, interesting material. There was, like, tar you could fall in, the Kobo matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just a fun planet with, like, some really cool ruins in it. Uh, mine is definitely Pabu. 
like that became my new answer for like where would you want to go on holiday to and <laughs> the pabu just seemed like such a cool i mean there is danger there that's uh, when we were watching the episode we were like this place is wonderful and then like the tsunami alarm goes off and we're like God, star wars won't let us have any just nice peaceful planet something's got to happen to scarif and alderaan and pabu yeah, I but, guess Naboo's okay so far. <laughs> but otherwise, I thought Pabu was such a cool little place, and just the way that the town was situated around that mountain was cool, and seemed like they had really good food and just like a really chill place. Agreed. Pabu was great. Uh, I'll also throw out Peridia just for intrigue. Like I wasn't super into the design of the world or anything, uh, but the idea that. They're connected to the Mortis gods and the Night Sisters and all this ancient Force stuff. I'm very curious to learn more. Ice Phoenix 2 asks, which medium had the best Star Wars stories of the year? So we're talking, I guess, streaming, video games, books, or comics. I mean, if we're going just percentage-wise, there was one video game that came out, and it was a banger. So <laughs> uh, I guess I would go with video games, but... That, that feels like it's cheating. Yeah. I, I don't know. For me, I'm almost always going to say streaming just because the live action shows, I feel like I can get the most uh, immersed into those. And so like even if the storyline isn't exactly what I had hoped for or what I expected, I'm still, I think, having the most fun watching live action straight or animation just yeah. any of the the streaming shows i would agree with that that I, I think that between the events with tech which you know tech may live we will find out soon uh but tech keller and beck in the mandalorian uh the the entirety of episode seven of season three of the mandalorian i loved that uh, ahsoka had a ton of moments that i was just fully immersed in so I agree with you. As far as just fun factor goes, I feel like streaming gave me the most either like stand up and cheer moments or like gut wrenching moments mm -hmm. uh, like the Bad Batch. Um, but Survivor had quite a few of those as well. So yeah. I'm I'm still like saying video games are over there. But because we only got one this year, I, I feel like we got to go with streaming. Survivor did have some banger moments. And I know we're going to do a whole separate video about what we're excited for next year, but Outlaws mm -hmm. has me very excited for what's to come story-wise. Patron Jake wants to know if the last year made us more or less optimistic about the future of Star Wars on streaming. Uh, I don't think it changed my mind either way. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm not sure I understand the question. What, as like, opposed to like... Less optimistic as in we think it's going downhill. Yeah. Or I don't think so. The, I, there are some things like I kind of wish Ahsoka had wrapped up more uh, just okay. because I, this is just my opinion. It's something that Joseph Scrimshaw has also said where like the nature of streaming is so uh, volatile and we don't know what shows are, you know, Ahsoka season two hasn't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, this is Star Wars, and even if it doesn't get the green light, a book or a comic or something will finish the story. But the idea that you have so many cliffhangers, I'm like, uh, 
I'm worried about that mm -hmm. for streaming. Um, and I, I kind of wish that they had closed off more of those open loops. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel like the more I hear about the plans for Star Wars streaming shows, the more optimistic I get. Like, especially, I, I, we've talked at length about Ahsoka and whether or not I loved it is is one thing, but it made me optimistic for what's go going to come because we got the Night Sisters mm -hmm. and like Thrawn like was really really cool in live action. So that all made me more optimistic for what's coming. And I'm I'm more just like looking ahead makes me optimistic because kind of like the way the High Republic has dominated a lot of the publishing. Uh, side of Star Wars recently up until now streaming has been especially in live action for Star Wars has been dominated by the Mandoverse and we're still getting a Mandoverse story next year but we also have the Acolyte Ooh. and like Andor season 2 is on the way so that's what makes me optimistic is that there's going to be more variety going forward mm -hmm. uh, I, I like would love to check in on the Mandoverse once a year and also get something new once a year that Sounds great to me. I need my little man back. <laughs> Weather Ed asks, how would we rate 2023 to 2022 or other previous years? Uh, just so we don't sit here for hours, I think we'll just stick to like 2022. I think I would put it about even with 2022. Uh, as far as like live action and streaming goes, I don't think... I liked anything this year as much as I liked Andor season one from 2022, mm -hmm. but uh, 2022 didn't have Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, but I, and I do think that overall, I probably enjoyed Mando season three and Ahsoka more than the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. Mm. So there is that. Hmm. Don't bite me again. I don't no, because we got <laughs> we got celebrations in both years. That's true. That was pretty dope. Um, and this year was we'd never been to London before, so yeah, we had to go to London for. <laughs> for yeah, work. we didn't even really talk about celebration, but um, celebration Anaheim was really cool because more people that were like already living in California that we know could go. So it was great to like get to hang out and see everybody. And then we got to do Disney night or Star Wars night at Disney. But then London is London, which was amazing to experience. So I keep thinking of celebrations and that is making it really hard for me. I mean, me. that's valid because this, being at celebration is always super fun. Getting to see friends who we otherwise only get to see online is always amazing yeah but as as far as content goes andor is really pushing me to say 2022 but you're right like the combo of mando season three and ahsoka were really cool i think just the unfortunate side effects of the strike maybe took away a little bit of that fun as far as Ahsoka goes, but like we've said a million times, the strikes needed to happen and we're glad that they did. But I don't know. I might say 2022. I'm I, I'm having a tough time 
choosing. I think I'll lean towards 2023 because I, I loved Survivor that much. Yeah. <laughs> Besides those two years, I think 2024 has even better stuff in store. Like, I think... The Acolyte, Acolyte is something we've both been so excited for for a long time. Acolyte, Bad Batch Season 3, and Skeleton Crew. I don't think I've been this excited in a long, long time for new Star Wars shows. There's a lot of unknown, like even the Mandoverse show is kind of shrouded in mystery right now. We don't know much about Skeleton Crew. We know some very tenuous ways they'll be connected from what we saw in Celebration. But for the most part, I think it's going to be new characters, new story, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of new. So I'm really psyched about that but we're probably going to talk about all that next week in the q a as well yeah. so <laughs> that's all the time we have for questions today if you want to leave a question for next week's video just put it in the comments below or sign up for patreon to join our weekly q a discussion if you haven't already please like this video subscribe to the channel follow us on twitter instagram tiktok threads blue sky and as always thanks for watching and may the force be with you oh 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.